Hello, everybody. I'm Tom Dorsey. And I'm Tommy Doyle. It's April 4th, 2018. I got it right this time. You got it right. I had 2016 last time. That's because I've got my reading glasses on. And when you look a little bit of distance and you see 2018, it looked like a six to me. Yeah. And my mind just automatically saw six and said six. <laughs> and it happens when you get older, man. That's like the test, the, uh, the brain teaser test. You can look and you can say, the word will say blue, but it will be in yellow font. And you have to say what the font color is rather than the word. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> anyway. Interesting. <clears throat> well, let's start off with one of the most important things to me and that we have used for many, many, many years is the New York Stock Exchange bullish percent. Okay. And that's BPNYSE on our system. And uh, let me pull that up myself. And you'll see that it has just exceeded a previous bottom. Now, back in the day, this was the most important market indicator that we used. Um, back in, in 1987, it's what got us out in September because of this bullish percent index. And we hung our hat on that for so many years. And A.W. Cohen, who created this in 1955, the way he looked at it was, if it was below 50% in O's, negative market. It was above 50% in X's, positive market. That's it, as far as he went. Earl Blumenthal came after that, one of the all-time great point-and-figure point people. He was an attorney. They used to travel the country, and when he would give lectures, he would wear white gloves. <laughs> yeah, he did. And he gave six degrees of risk to it. So when you exceed a previous bottom in the bullish percent index, it's called bear confirmed. Not bear alert, but bear confirmed. So when you think about traffic lights, that would be a red light. A bear, a bear correction or a bear alert would be more like a flashing red light where you would stop and look both ways and then proceed with caution. This one says stop. Well, bear confirmed sounds sounds scary, right? Yes, that it could, does. That, it could, does. That, could, that could scare some people That's off. just a term that he gave. Just a term. And so what's kind of different now compared to those kind of time frames is when we look across the rest of the platform, things still look pretty healthy in terms of indicators, in terms of asset allocation, what the advisors are doing. Not a whole lot of shifts that they necessarily need to be making in portfolios um, with the exception of getting rid of some weeds, going out, getting your knees in the dirt, pulling up some weeds, wearing some gloves, right? Um, as a result of this being an O's and, and falling further. We're still seeing equities um, rank well and score well on a relative strength basis, on a performance basis. Uh, we haven't seen things take out February lows for, for the most part. Um, still things are hanging in there in, in terms of positive trends. Uh, but this is something to be aware of and it is something to, to mention and, and kind of take with a grain of salt. Uh, right now, it's springtime. This is breaking down. We want to do some spring cleaning in the portfolio. Okay, we go back to 1994. <clears throat> Bullish percent reverses over, starts moving down, if I'm not mistaken, uh, on that year. And what happened was, is stocks went in rotation. The first ones to get whacked were the internet-type stocks back in 94. It was all kind of, anything that was technology was internet. Mm -hmm. um, and it went sector by sector, all the way down. That sector got hit by 20%. Next sector, 20%, all the way down and you think you had it made, bullish percent was then down around 
the 30% level where you typically see it bottom and you thought your sector wasn't going to get it and it got it mm-hmm. until it finally came and, gave, and got them all. Maybe this is the kind of thing because we're seeing oil, the commodity oil, do extremely well. Yeah, that's something that is, is interesting to mention. Um, the commodities have done well. We've seen them actually increase rank this year in Dolly, overtaking fixed incomes. Now it's in the third slot. And we're seeing those, you know, DBO, we're seeing CL slash, CL forward slash on the system, continuous commodity. Those things are look great. The charts look great. They look healthy. They haven't broken down. Um, the big difference that we are seeing, though, if you look on the platform, is if you go to Dolly and you look at U.S. equities, energy is down at the bottom in terms of relative strength. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the commodity asset class, energy is the best. And so there's a big, big difference in commodities versus commodity-related stock. Yeah, well, that that is, is always the case. If you look at uh, Kellogg's, let's say, and Kellogg's is buying... Uh, soybeans or corn or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. and the price of corn is going up, you want to be long <clears throat> C-O-R-N. But that's an added cost to Kellogg's. So Kellogg's, its earnings may be detrimentally affected by the rise in the commodities. So you can see the two different types of things because oil is doing extremely well. doesn't mean that Exxon all of a sudden is going to be great. They're a refiner. cost them more money to, to buy the oil to refine. Right, and and so you mentioned Exxon. So if you pull up XOM on the Dorsey Wright platform, what do we see? Well, we see zero out of five tech attributes. We see it's trading in a negative trend, two consecutive sell signals, well below any kind of level you had in 2017, mm-hmm. and you're kind of flirting with bottoms of early 2016. Right, right. Supplies and control. Well, when you look at that stock also and you say, where was the trend line broken? Trendline was broken at uh, 78. It's now down at 73. Um, many of the stocks that you own in your portfolio may be breaking trendlines. Yeah. So what do you do, spring cleaning, a trite statement, trite saying, mm-hmm. but it, it makes sense in the customer portfolio? Where, at what point are you going to begin to sell some stocks? Once the trendline is broken, look at your portfolio, see where they are with trendlines. If the trendline is broken, cut the stock out. Cut 50% of it out. Yep. And we're doing this in light of bullish percent suggesting defense. So we're at a stop sign, stop sign or a stop light, and that's telling us to look at the portfolio. We see something like Exxon, okay, you're gone. And so, you know, you're not going to cut out your winners. You're not going to cut out uh, your shooters that are making baskets, putting points on the board, helping returns. But a guy that's 0 for 7, airballed a a free throw, we're going to go ahead and say you can sit on the bench for a little bit and cool off. Mm-hmm. So it's just a, a healthy kind of going through, looking at blemishes in the portfolio. Well, what else has changed? Things that have changed. Yeah, what's changed in this market? So in addition to oil doing well, we're seeing two other things in my mind. Um, would one thing be small cap? So small cap growth, we're seeing yes. continue to improve. The growth aspect in particular, um, but we're also seeing it small blend improve too. And what's interesting about that is, okay, bullish percents and bear confirmed, markets are pulling back. Okay, if this was bad, bad times, theoretically, the small cap and the micro cap would be the first thing everybody would ditch. That would be the first thing to get obliterated, Mm -hmm. conceptually. But those things are actually holding up and improving. And and so that's a big kind of thing that's changed uh, in my mind from what I've been seeing on the platform. Uh, The other big change that I've seen is the improvement and the new trend of international fixed income. 
So we look at the asset class group scores page, we look at uh, the Dolly page, and we see a lot of those things are scoring well. And a lot of those things have begun to rotate into some of our sector rotation or our relative strength models uh, for fixed income. And we've seen the expense of that come at things like treasuries, you know, um, things like long duration, things like preferreds, uh, corporates, MLPs, uh, government long. You know, these things are all ranking below money market on the asset class group scores page. And there's a couple uh, sectors in there. I mentioned MLPs, but also utilities and real estate. We're seeing down at the bottom ranking below money market. Um, so these are things that have become weak. And when we look in the fixed income universe, uh, we're seeing strength pretty much on all fronts from international, in addition to convertibles. And so that's kind of been a newer trend. It's began at the Q4 of 2017, and we've seen that continue into 2018. What would you use, <coughs> Moby, <coughs> excuse me, an ETF uh, that would be international uh, fixed income? Well, that's going to kind of depend on what the play. Um, so one way you could get exposure to that is following the State Street fixed income model. Mm -hmm. So that is a relative strength-based model. It's going to own four things at a time. And this year, it's gone under some change. And we hadn't seen a lot of change in this portfolio for a while uh, in 16 and 17. But this year, it's gotten rid of junk, it's gotten rid of preferreds, and it's gotten rid of long duration. Uh, and what it's replaced it with is things like international inflation protection, uh, international corporates. Uh, and at the end of last year, you saw it add emerging market local bonds. So right now you've got 75% of that portfolio being international, 25% staying in convertible bonds, which is one of the only U.S. kind of places that's, that's held up well in terms of relative strength, in terms of its uh, performance. And so that portfolio has gone under a lot of change uh, so far this year, and it's been working out for it so far, and we're continuing to see those trends kind of take shape and, and kind of mold into something that could be more long-term. Yeah, one of the things that I see, one of the portfolios I have is a high-risk bond portfolio. Mm -hmm. And I like that. I don't have, relative to what I have, I don't have a lot of money in it um, because it's so high-risk. But I'll invest in things like Kazakhstan and and um, I've got Indonesian sovereign debt. I've even invested in, in Venezuela. The My, my high-risk bond portfolio is doing very, very well mm -hmm. because it's all international things. Yeah. And so that's the trend. I see small cap being the trend, and I see commodities, specifically oil-related stuff, being the trend uh, of what's changed. So we would look at risk on growth stocks, technology still? Technology still, but like you mentioned, we're at the stoplight. We need to be a yeah. little bit more selective about where we're looking to allocate that kind of money. Exactly. Um, some things still have broken up. Some things still look good. Um, one name that kind of sticks out to me is Intel, INTC. Uh, that recently went on a relative strength buy signal. Uh, it's held up in terms of its chart. It's got the attributes. Uh, the technicals are very, very healthy on that name, despite the rest of the sector breaking down. Uh, and if we pull that chart up. Which is what I'm doing because I own that stock. I own Intel. Right now. Full disclosure. And I will probably do a covered right on it. You've got it in a shakeout pattern. So that's telling us it's getting rid of the weaker investors. It's a little bit of a head fake. From here, we would like to see it reverse up to 51 to initiate the pattern and ultimately complete the pattern with a triple top break at 54. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So given the state 
of technology and the pullbacks and all that stuff kind of going on right now. Maybe you wait for 54 to get the confirmation of demand coming back into picture rather than maybe you would have initially uh, engaged the position at 51. Mm-hmm. So you're waiting a little bit longer because you're at a stoplight for demand to come into the picture. I see a shakeout pattern completed, a new high, a relative strength buy signal at the end of February of this year. Hey, four out of five positive technical attributes. Not much I can say uh, negatively about that. Still even holding up support from earlier in March, let alone um, messing around with any kind of support from January or February. So that's one name uh, that I'd be looking at um, to kind of put money toward to work towards or at least put on my watch list if these indicators start flipping back to being positive as one I like. Here's one that we could probably finish with here is Cisco Systems. CSCO. Those of you that are looking for yield, this Cisco used to be the wildest stock back in the uh, dot-com days. Yep. <clears throat> now it's, it's uh, volatility has tamed down significantly. This stock is a high yield, I would call it, a 3.2% yield technology stock. Look at the chart. It's pulled right back to a good support level. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for an, an income-producing type of stock, this would fit a, a lot of portfolios. And I own it, as a matter of fact. Yeah, it's three consecutive buy signals going back to summer of 16. And right now, you mentioned that it's pulled back. It's actually almost 30% oversold, which is kind of on par with the rest of uh, the broad market Mm -hmm. and all the asset classes when you look at it. But in the case of Cisco, which is interesting, this is the first time you've really seen it show any signs of oversold since summer of 2017, uh, which is a nice entry point. You got support down at 38 if you need it, uh, and you're well away from the trend line. So, yeah, that one looks great. Yeah, I think it looks fantastic. So there's stocks out there that do look good, um, some yield stocks if you're looking for it. There's, there's plenty that can be done there, but what I would do more is look at your portfolio, see if things are breaking trend lines. As long as that uh, bullish percent is in bear confirmed status, I will be looking at reducing uh, the risk in the portfolio. Yeah. And then if you need help, you can call an analyst, and we can give you some advice. Uh, you can also be be friendly and be cognizant of the sell-on rally report. So maybe you've yes. gotten things that have broken down in the portfolio, and they've they've kind of bounced. And you can sell on that rally, sell on that bounce, get a couple percentage points back, and look elsewhere. That's a great portfolio uh, because sell-on rally, once they have broken down and relative strength is negative and it rallies back to within 10% of the trend line, that's mm-hmm. a good point at which you want to be able to exit that stock. Yeah, and there's been some some big household names that have made it their way onto that kind of a list. Think CBS, think Carnival, um, think things like Colgate or um, Philip Morris. You know, some big household names that have kind of violated the trend and reversed back up mm-hmm. are on that list presently. Yeah. All right, well, we'll go ahead and stop here. Catch um, you all next week. Catch you next week. Mm-hmm.